and welcome back to the Live to Give podcast. My name is Courtney, and I'm one of our hosts, and I am here today with Evan and Nate. Mm-hmm. How are you guys doing today? Pretty good. Yeah? Pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, why not? We uh we just got back uh from a management team retreat. Um us three and then our senior pastor Kirk and that was awesome. It was a great retreat. So kinda coming off the mountain, I, I feel great. You know? Yeah, it was a beautiful location. Yeah. And we were we went up north, so around Traverse City type area. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That was beautiful. Yeah. They actually have sun there. Did you know that? There's parts <laughs> of the state of Michigan that actually have sun. Yeah. I didn't know that. Interesting, isn't it? Yeah. It, they also have more snow. Yes. We learned that too. We, yeah. we took my car, which is horrible in yeah, I found the that snow. Out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Nate drove my car and it was bad. Yeah. Uh, didn't even think about that part. Right. The further north you go, the more snow there is. Right. Science. Crazy. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. yeah. We got stuck in the driveway. Yep. Because at the very end of the driveway, going into the street, it goes uphill. Mm-hmm. And you had to get some momentum, mm-hmm. and we got stuck. But we got out too, though. Totally, we yeah, did. We did. Yeah, we had to use a mule from the neighbor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. He <laughs> called <laughs> it over, and that thing pulled us out. Yeah. Strong mule. Yeah, real strong. They make them strong up there. <laughs> <laughs> Traverse City strong. <laughs> Do you guys go up there much? You guys like going up North Michigan? Absolutely. Yeah, we did. Even when the leaves change color, we like to go up there. Uh, we like to go up to Glen Arbor. An occasion that's kind of mm-hmm. been a place where our family, my grandpa's girlfriend owned a house there. So that's what got us in Glen Arbor for a while. Oh, and then we cool. went there a couple of times with them. And uh, ever since then, we just loved it. It was just a, a like Sleeping Bear Dunes. If you've never cool. visited Sleeping Bear Dunes and seen like the dune where you can run up and down and it's people can get stuck. So just be careful if you are in good physical condition, go for it. Did you try it? No. Absolutely not. That, yeah. Yeah. That looks like something like hell is about, you know? <laughs> 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 yeah. Walking uphill in sand. Oh, man. Uh-uh. It's torture. Yeah. yeah. With this weight, my pear shaped body, I don't know. <laughs> not a good combination. Momentum. Yeah. Have you been there? Uh, Bear Dune? I have, but I was in, I think, middle school. That's what I was just trying to remember. Eighth grade, maybe ninth grade. So I totally did it. But even then, and I was prime you know like peak prime there of my life i don't know are Mm. you in eighth grade um but i remember even feeling that of like oh my gosh i can't imagine doing it now in my life that would be bad but yeah yeah. uh no we do a lot of up north but we've been more in the up lately uh traverse city area i've been to a couple times when i was like high school ish uh and maybe once after but yeah we. where do you go up north uh municine area okay up by Lake Superior and whatnot, yeah. We that's have friends cool. that have a place there, so that's kind of been a couple times a year we try to go up there. It's gorgeous. Yeah. Love it. Have you been to Tecumanon Falls? I have. That's yeah, beautiful, too. It is. Yeah. Yep. Way out in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, it is. <laughs> but it is beautiful. <laughs> oh, it's crazy, yeah. Yeah. Evan, how about you? No, never. <laughs> never been to Mackinac Island, never seen the bridge. Uh, actually, I, I need to take that back. Apparently, I went when I was a baby, but, you know, that doesn't count. That doesn't count. It doesn't count. count. I have no recollection. So to me, no, I've never been in the UP. Furthest north is Petoskey, wherever the heck that is. So okay. yeah, when you where, see where things, the sun is, when you see things as a baby, that doesn't count. It's like yeah. infant baptism. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. Wow! Wow! <laughs> oh, that was a good one. That's good. So speaking of stirring the pot, uh, we've been this season trying to talk through some of like what are our personal like takes or things that we've been 
thinking about or just kind of sitting in and trying to process and then bringing it to the table here and just throwing it out there and letting us all just discuss and hopefully it's some benefit to you, the listener, as well. Um, so today is my my week. Well, um, welcome. Yeah, thank you. So uh, one of the things that I've been processing through and been having many conversations with is uh, this whole idea and concept of legalism and the church and specifically of how has legalism impacted the church today uh, for good or bad. Um, a lot of my conversations with people have been people that have even turned their back from the church as a whole, still maybe are interested in Jesus, but the church as a system, as a structure, they're kind of like opposed to it because of a legalistic background. Mm. So anyway, as I've had these conversations, as I've even opened up my own story a little more and my background in a legalistic upbringing, uh, I've been surprised at how many people have been affected by that in so many areas and aspects of life that we didn't even realize. Um, so anyway, that's kind of where I want to go today. So Sounds fun. Guys, yeah, <laughs> sound great. Sounds yeah, super light fun. Light easy. Light yeah. easy. Yeah. yeah. Just yeah. Let, let's throw a softball out there. Just yeah. let's go for <laughs> it. Yeah. I think it's so. a great topic to throw out there, though, during this time. Because I think whether we liked it or not, like COVID kind of started that mm-hmm. uh, process in a way of like thinking through a lot of things. Yeah. Um, and I think like right now is more of a uh, prominent time to kind of discuss what is legalism in the church? What mm-hmm. does it actually like? We're all talking about it in some way or another, it seems like. Right. Those who are attending churches, you know. Yeah, Absolutely. So I guess that'd be like my first question. Would one of you guys want to try to just explain what is legalism in the church? Like what do we, when we say the word legalism, if somebody's like, what is that? Uh, what are we talking about in that regard? Maybe you want to try to tackle that. Well, I, I think like for the very beginning, <clears throat> to make it kind of simple, uh, yeah. I think it's anything that goes against when we talk about the love of God, mm-hmm. when we talk about the identity of God, when we talk about who God um, has created us to be as a people, when we start making rules, regulations around anything that's going to be a hindrance to that. So I think it it can be very specific and it can also be generalized, but it's the sense that we have to do something um, outside of what God is asking us to do. Mm -hmm. And we make that a rule. We make that a ritual. We make that like, that's what we have to do no matter what. We saw this even in the Reformation, uh, within the church, you had to pay a price to have salvation. That's more legalism in the sense it's not about money. It's not about paying something. It's about your heart. And so that was kind of at the very beginning for uh, the church, if you will. Um, what we're coming out of is this reformation, coming back to the root of what God is really asking us to do. And so I think legalism is something that we use um, to not bring unity around those things, you know, and to really bring more division and I think when we see or sense division, that's the question we need to ask. Is there legalism? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Trying to give like more of a broad statement. Would yeah. you agree, Evan? Would you add more? Oh, yeah, completely. It's um, I was trying to think of like, all right, what would my own definition be? Yeah. And it would be like, you know, placing love in a box. It would mm-hmm. be like legalism is the opposite of love. It is conditional. It mm-hmm. is you earn something like legalism is all of that. And uh yeah, I mean, we've, we've seen it all throughout uh, church history. This is nothing new. I mean, most of the New Testament letters dealt with some form of legalism that mm-hmm. Paul or a different author was addressing to that church. Hey, you used to be in love with the person of Jesus. You used to trust his 
his love and, and what he did on the cross. But instead, now you're listening to all these people who are saying you need to do more, that mm-hmm. Jesus isn't enough, that, that you guys are getting it all wrong. Like, and it, it, most of those letters are confronting legalism in those church communities. Um, so so when, when we talk about legalism, this is nothing new. Mm-hmm. It, it's just becoming more and more at the forefront of what churches are talking about, trying to address like, like, okay, if Jesus obviously was a Christian, right? Okay, so Jesus. Jesus was a Christian? Jesus, well, okay. I mean, Christian, the term came later. But yeah, sure, <laughs> for lack of a, a better term. <laughs> okay. Um, well, but like, <laughs> um, but, but, but people who were outside of the church were drawn to him. They, were, they gravitated towards him. They felt love from him. You don't see too much of that today. People outside of the church feel judged. Mm. They don't feel accepted. They feel mm-hmm. like they have to fit a cookie cutter just to walk through a door of a church. Mm-hmm. Um, that is legalism. Something has mm-hmm. flipped in our culture in regards to how Christians relate to it because we're no longer attracting people outside of the church. We're, we're hurting them. We're damaging them for some reason. And that's not what we saw in Jesus. He, yeah. he, he wasn't that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. I love that. Nate, your explanation was like just so good as to what the explanation of it is. Uh, and then you, Evan, brought in some feeling to that too. Like how you, like you can see it when you're mm-hmm. looking at it in practical, just observing it. But then there's also that feel that comes along of like, oh, I don't feel like I can be myself. I don't feel like I can open up. I don't feel like I can actually. If somebody says, hey, how are you doing today? And you walk in the church doors, it's that feeling immediately of like, oh, I can't actually answer that question honestly. Yeah. Because there's going to be that judgment. There's going to be that whatever it may be. Um, that's so hard. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And the church is notorious for it, unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, it's so hard. I was thinking about a conversation that I had had with somebody who I care deeply about, um, but is much more in the legalistic culture. Uh, and we were having a discussion, and she said to me something along the lines of that there's a fine line between faith and obedience but you still have to have the rules to help you with your obedience. And I was kind of like, Ooh, like, I don't, Oh, you know, it's just that idea of like, wow, why does it have to, why, why does faith and love have to have like our rules put into it? Like, mm-hmm. yes, there's the 10 commandments. Um, but we as a church as a whole in the Christian culture, seem to take like what Nate was kind of saying, we have these rules and then we add rules to the rules, to the rules, to the rules. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden you're going, Whoa. Um, even if you were talking about like how COVID has kind of opened this up a bit, I hadn't thought about that. Um, but I think part of it was even for people of like, wait, I'm not going to church on Sunday. Do I have to go to church on Sunday? Mm-hmm. Oh, I, I don't have to go to church on Sunday. Right. Like, whoa, that's a bit mind blowing for some people who were raised of this is just what you do because it's the right thing to do. Um, and kind of opening up the mind to be like, wait a minute, why do I do what I do? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's kind of the journey I've been on, uh, is just this little bit of like, wait, why do I do what I do? do I, is it because that's how Jesus said it? Or is that because of what I was raised and by the rules and whatnot? So, Has there been something that you could share in that journey? In the journey? Um, sure. The uh, There's been several things along the way. Um, so one of the things, that I, a story that pops up in my head was I was raised in a Christian uh, home uh, and we were at church all the time. I've mm-hmm. said that before. Like doors were open, we were there. It's just what you did. Sunday morning, Sunday night, and then if we had Wednesday night stuff, we were at that too. Um, and that was also raised in a Christian school, and it was a small Baptist Christian school. 
And my see, in my junior year, one of my good friends uh, got his girlfriend pregnant. And in that process, they both ended up getting kicked out of the school. And they were very remorseful and whatever. And this is something I've looked back on mm-hmm. a lot as I've like gone through this like uh, deconstructing and reconstructing is another words that you can use too. Um, but looking back on the legalism of it all, like so they were kicked out of our school and they were both like so repentant and remorseful. But it was like, nope, that's the rules. See ya. And as I look back on that, I'm like, how on earth, like, how was that loving? Mm. Where is Jesus in that moment? Like, we kicked them out of their closest community. Like, my, my one friend, he had been at our school since he was in kindergarten. So here's 16 years at the school or whatever it would be, whatever, do the math, you guys can figure it out. <laughs> uh, it would all of a sudden, like, hey, here's all your friends, here's your community. You messed up once, we want nothing to do with you. Man, Yeah. Just I look back and I'm like, wow, that and in the moment, I was like, absolutely, that's the right thing to do, and like I kind of hate myself for that too. Like looking back and going, wow, I can't believe I was like that was the right thing, and so that's something that has an instance in my life that happened that I often look back on and even filtered through other things of my life. Like, man, okay, but where's the love in this? Where is Jesus? Because I, the Jesus I've come to know, would not <laughs> kick yeah. them out and be like, nope. You're on your own now. Like, that's not what that's about. So. Yeah, and then you have people in the same right hearing that story, I'm sure, um, from our six audience mm-hmm. listeners, you know. Yeah. But y- you bring out that story, and then you also have, like, an administrator thinking through, well, we have to protect that mm-hmm. school. We need to make rules so that kids do not look at that example to follow suit or whatever. You know, right. you know what I mean? Like, there's always that. Uh, dichotomy within those scenarios where there's a camp that's going to camp out with the people that kick that person out, you mm-hmm. know, or those people out or the camp that's like, why in the world would you ever do that? Or even think about that. Right. You know what I mean? Right. That's the hard part with legalism. Yes. You can build a case for both, both or any of the scenarios mm-hmm. for legalism. You yeah. really can. There's going to be truth. There's going to be rules. There's going to be commandments even to actually follow up with legalism but like you said, when it comes down to it, it's really about love. Mm-hmm. Like, how were they loved? And you would hope maybe the school came around on the side and said, hey, we're going to provide you education. You just can't be at the school or something. You right, know, right. you're hoping something like that you, came right. out. But probably not. You right, know, right. they were just done. It was just done in this in situation. Yeah. Because yeah. um, I do get it. Like, there is the absolutely the administrative side of it or the certain things and you have to look at it as a yep. whole. They Absolutely. messed up their choice, right. you know, you that kind of made thing. a mistake, but it's just that whole, you know, and I, I was talking to someone about that situation too. And when this person was like, Oh, but the girl wasn't even repentant. And I was like, how do you know that? Mm-hmm. Like, we don't know the heart. And again, it's that, well, she didn't look it was mm-hmm. the comment. And I was like, Whoa, <laughs> like again, how do we know this? Um, and so that's something, again, this is a conversation I had just within the last years. I was processing through that happening. 15 years ago or whatever it was um but just the change in even myself as i've started to like break away from the legalism of it all um but yeah it's just so interesting how we take love and put it in a box like evan said uh but for some reason i think in our human brains we have to have the rules and we have to have this it's just so hard to sit in the love Mm -hmm. yeah yeah i think the legalism right there falls into 
what's what's right and what's wrong in that moment. That that seems to be like what the administrators in that story mm-hmm. focused on. Well, we have to get this right. Well, well, then you're like Nate was saying, you're building a case for or against that person. But regardless, you're now in this process of judgment. Period. Right. Like no matter what, which way you step, the minute. We say, well, I need to figure this out or I need to build this case against this person or I like, man, that immediately removes love as a response. Mm-hmm. Here, here's a couple that is like going to go through potentially one of the hardest seasons of their lives. Right. And the churches or the schools, Christian schools response was, nope, they're going to do it themselves. Mm-hmm. Like. Yeah, they did. Mind bl- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, they did. <laughs> they put themselves in that situation <laughs> for sure. But it's just wild to me that, like, man, it, it truly is like abandonment. It, and okay, so the girl wasn't very remorseful. Or, okay, like, well, now she really isn't gonna be remorseful. Right. Now she really isn't gonna repent. Now, like, that abandonment just does way more damage than than than. Uh, yeah, man, that, yeah. that's just hard. That's that hard. Is. Yeah. It's hard to hear, hard to talk through. We, uh, yeah, yeah. Never mind. I don't want to. Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> well, you open. Yeah. It. Go ahead. Uh. Well. Yeah. I I have two stories related to this this very similar thing. Um. The first one was when we when I was a youth pastor here at Faith Church, we had a kid who who got his girlfriend pregnant in in high school, and. uh I was blown away at the beautiful response from Faith mm. Church in the youth group. Like, like I mean, we 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 threw he and his um, girlfriend a baby shower. Our youth group did, and our youth leaders, and we stocked them up on um, diapers and different needs and gift cards. And it's just like that's the response. Like mm-hmm. these kids are entering the hardest season of their life, and I, and I don't share that to like our own horn like yeah. i am very proud that that was yeah. our church's response but like man that should be natural mm-hmm. it shouldn't be well let's have a quick meeting <laughs> now to discuss how we need to respond and and, and build these cases like my gosh like these kids are going to learn like let's help them learn let's walk beside them and through that difficult season it was just hard that's hard to hear mm-hmm. I think everything that goes down with legalism, it's not for a relationship. You know, like if we're really putting these on the table, what we're talking about is our relationship with God. And if anything comes in between that, it's legalism. And it's almost like legalism is a caveat to sin. You know, like that's what we really talk about when we talk about sin. It's taking us away from God. So that act and however you want to say, yeah, uh, uh, say like, what they did was wrong. We're not we're not like bringing that to the table. What we're saying is the response of the school that's going to give them permission in the future, or even a model of what you do with relationships in the world. Mm-hmm. Like relationship isn't just giving up and you're done. Relationships are actually saying this is how you work through conflict. This is what you do when things go wrong. This is you made a bad choice. How do we fix that? Mm-hmm. The relationship model not just rules, you know? Yeah. And so I feel like there's a lot of things within the church that are just rules. They make no sense in a relationship paradigm, mm-hmm. you know? And that's what we need to come back to. Like when we really talk about the big narrative of the Bible, it's talking about a marriage. Like what's a marriage really like? What's a, mar- a marriage is between two people that have a relationship. That's what it's like with God, a relationship with him, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so 
that's the hard part for me. And I think that's why it turns stomachs when we hear the, the wounds created by legalism, Mm -hmm. you know? Oh yeah, absolutely. My, uh, my favorite story from scripture, uh, involving legalism. I've probably beat this horse dead. Hey, another dead animal reference. That's what we're known for here. at There it is. We haven't talked about podcasts, dead animals in a while. We haven't not, not today. Um, (laughs) uh, anyways, uh, so you beat a horse till it died. Uh, in this, that's the scripture. <laughs> that's the legalism story. <laughs> Got to be from Proverbs or something. <laughs> no, so so, uh, but I, man, it's one of my favorite stories. But it's the adulterous woman that's brought before Jesus because it literally outlines legalism. Mm-hmm. The right thing to do in that scenario, according to Mosaic law, was to stone that woman. She was caught in uh, in an affair, red-handed, and so they drug her out to Jesus and said, "Hey." Who's going to stone her? And, and he starts doing some different things that, you know, there's different theories about what he was writing in the sand and all that. But all of a sudden he just says, all right, whoever's without sin, you get to go first. Throw the first stone. Mm-hmm. And one by one, all the Pharisees, all the religious leaders walked away. The right thing to do was Chuck to stones. stones right. it was. Throw yeah. stones at this woman. That's what should have happened. But Jesus said that's not the actual, the actual right thing for her. Mm-hmm. Like, like that is relationship right there. Mm-hmm. He chose mm-hmm. loving her in that moment, despite what the law might say, what the system might say, what the right thing was. The right thing in that moment was wrong to Jesus. Mm-hmm. Like that's, that, that, that's beautiful. That is love. That's him yeah. reaching past any type of framework we humans have constructed around sin and how to handle it. He reaches through that and just says, I'm, I'm, I'm here. I'm with you. I'm in your heart. I'm, Man, it, it was just, I love that story. And yeah. I think it's a perfect model mm-hmm. of, uh, of legalism and oh, Jesus's yeah. response. Yeah. Yeah. It's beautiful. That's what I was just thinking through too. Like what legalism does is it makes like somebody who's observed it playing out. So that situation with my friends in high school is somebody who's watching how it was handled and doing, they did the quote unquote right thing the administration did. But it sh- I'm watching that going, oh, I better not speak up now. Like, whatever I'm thinking or if I break a rule or if I mess up, you keep that quiet. Like, I better not say a word. Yeah. Um, it just, it breeds authent- inauthenticity like yeah. legalism does. Mm-hmm. Same thing here. You know, like, you better believe that lady was all of a sudden like, oh, my gosh, like, this guy loves me and cares about me for who I am. Yeah. I don't have to hide it. Um yeah. So that's the other thing with legalism, too, is it just, was it due to a person's? It makes you feel like you have to hide. It makes you feel like you can't be real. It makes you feel like you can't be authentic with the people around you or even with God himself because there's that fear of, like, oh, no, like, what's going to be the repercussions for this? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I also find a lot with legalism, there's a lot of fear. Mm-hmm. You know, there's, there's, a, there's a large amount of, like, we don't know what to do. We just need to keep this thing moving. And so we're going to create rules and those rules are going to keep everybody in line. It's almost like the rules are what is accountability. And I, I remember like that movement promise keepers um, several years ago for men, which is, it was a good thing, but it became really legalistic too in so many different ways of which you had to be this in order to be considered a Christian man or whatever the case may be. And it's like that to me, is it, there's something good there, bringing guys together, whatever, worshiping, understanding our relationship with God. That's all good things. But then there's also this extreme that kind of created that. It's like, I don't know what to do with it. So therefore, 
I'm scared of what this is going to turn into or whatever. And we got to create more and more rules on what guys have to do. And that's the part where like even masculinity, what does that mean as far as like we are now experiencing more in this generation to be about um, emotions. We actually have emotions. Emotions aren't bad. Emotions inherently are not selfish. They're actually just information. And so like even understanding more about that, well, that's a huge difference from a couple of generations ago where we didn't talk about emotions, you know? Mm -hmm. So legalism, I think, plays and wreaks havoc with all of that around fear. That's just my two cents. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, have you guys ever experienced legalism yourself from whatever your church, school, community? I don't know. Have you guys experienced it uh, being used against you, I guess? I'm thinking. Uh, I I definitely was very impacted by legalism, uh, but I was always the quote unquote good kid. Um, but it was driven by that fear. Uh, yeah. I was never. I was too fearful to actually like, I guess, act out um, or to uh, do what I was actually thinking. Or like, I was just very, very calculated on everything, and it was all what's the right thing to do. So. I don't have an instance that I can think of where like legalism, you know, like I did something horrible and then the legalistic like culture came in and like whatever came at me. It's more for me. I'm literally in therapy over this. Uh, yeah. Is that over time of having that constant of doing the right thing and what are the rules? What's the thing? And like making sure I'm checking boxes. Like constantly just, okay, nope, did this, do this. Okay, now I have to do that, now I have to do that. Oh, I'd love to go over here and do that, but nope, can't do that. Um, so it's always trying to so hard stay on the quote-unquote right path um, that I lost myself in the process. Um, everything was all about doing the right thing, doing following the right rules. Um, you know, I mean, as simple as even in the church, it was like, hey, did you bring your Bible today? Mm-hmm. Oh, you didn't bring your Bible. Well, why didn't you bring your Bible? Where is that? You know, like, oh, am I not now? Now I feel like crap because I didn't bring my Bible when I was five years old to church because yeah. I left it and because I was out playing or whatever. Well, if you hadn't been out playing before we left, you wouldn't. You know, like, wow, okay. Yeah. So it's just over time, the years of all of that, um, just weighs me down. Uh, so it's to the point where I literally like it, it's been incredible. Or I'll as an adult, I'm sitting talking to my therapist and be like, hey, so I was thinking about doing whatever. And he'll be like, well, why can't you do that? And I'll be like, well, I, I can't, <laughs> you know? And he's like, uh, Courtney, yeah, you have freedom. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> and I'm like, oh, do I? Like, I actually can say what I'm thinking. <laughs> uh, and that has literally been a conversation. Like, I can actually speak my mind. And that comes back to this legalism of like feeling like I have to keep everything so close to the chest because people are going to judge or they're going to tell me what I'm doing wrong. And it's so driven by fear. Yeah. So anyway, long answer. Uh, yeah. But I haven't had a specific instance of that. It's just been for me an accumulation of over time. Yeah. Yeah. But definitely it's an experience with it for sure. For sure. I mean, yeah. Even those moments of forgetting your Bible for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, even honestly, in the last like what two years now that I've been at Faith Church, um, there was something that shifted in me in the last couple of years. Uh, and part of it is Faith Church, and I want to dive into that a little bit later. Um, but just I had been in legalistic upbringing and even churches up to that point, um, and I kind of just had enough of it, even before I like 
dove into faith church. It was still more for me of like, you know what, something's got to give here. Uh, and I've become a completely different person. Ask anybody who knew me uh, prior to two years ago. And mm-hmm. to me now, they will spend a few minutes with me now and be like, whoa, that's a very different Courtney. <laughs> uh, and a lot of that is actually finding more freedom in Christ is mm-hmm. what that is. Yeah. And seeing his love for me outside of what I do. So anyway. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Yeah, I, I, very... Uh, this was quite a few years ago, but I was in um, a Bible study. This Bible study uh, was something I started um, uh, praying for people to kind of like God bring into a, a Bible study. And, and it was a, a time where I was going to school full time, working full time. And I didn't have, um, because I didn't have a degree, I couldn't be a pastor full time, couldn't be in the church full time is how I viewed it at that time. And so for whatever reason, this Bible study kind of started. And the first person that joined it was a person I went to high school with. And he's uh, went to the Lutheran church in the same area. And we got connected. We started meeting. And uh, he, <laughs> this is so uh, simplistic and funny, but he uh, he had a potty mouth. <laughs> like hardcore, <laughs> hardcore. And uh, we'd get together and we'd talk. And I'm like, man, um, how, like, why are you swearing? You know, just like, what, what, what's up with that? You know, kind of thing. And because uh, I was like, that's honestly at that point, point i would even say this i thought to myself if someone's i wouldn't say this in a sentence because of how crazy it is but that's something i felt because i think i caught when i was being raised i was like these things you catch you know you don't yeah it's not really on the wall but it's there um and that was like if someone was uh, would swear they would have they'd be risking the idea of going to hell yeah mm-hmm. just over a swear word mm-hmm. you know yeah, i thought that too yeah yep. and so he pushed me on that it was the first time where he actually cuz i was like how do you how do you put all this together and he was really pushing me on the fact that it's a word you know it, it's it's a word that's all it is it has no power mm-hmm. it doesn't but we give so much power to that mm-hmm. you know what i mean it's just a word yeah. You know, and I that get, means something totally different in a different culture at times too. Right. Right. Totally. Yeah. And so like how could a word that you utter bring you to hell? You know, that's really what it comes down to and that's really what legalism does is it it fills in the cracks, you know, it it doesn't explain everything. And so when we really when I really looked at that at at that point, I realized, "Oh, God's much bigger." Mm-hmm. And I feel like that was the point for me where like God got bigger. And that's where it started, like, I understood more of his grace. Grace is what saves us. You know, grace is the undercurrent to everything God does. Not giving permission to everything we do. I'm not saying that at all. But we are surprised by this grace no matter what. Yeah. And that's the part where I don't think we do justice in talking enough about. Because the minute, even when we bring up grace, we have a lot of fighting legalists that we'll throw out there. You have to talk about sin. You have to talk about all this stuff. And there's even periodicals out there that when you read these articles, the first quote is about Satan's schemes and all this stuff about what evil is all in this world. But I feel like if you are truly having a bent towards legalism, what you're going to see is you have an emphasis and focus on everything evil instead of everything good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. And that's the part where I Which didn't realize. Which is fear-driven. Yes, yeah. totally. And not in the healthy fear of the Lord that you read about, but fear out of like Satan's going to win. He's going to yes. snatch yeah. me. That's legalism. Yes, we're giving a lot of credit to the reverse side of what we should be giving credit to. Yeah, mm-hmm. I would much rather be all in on grace and rely on that every moment of the day 
than thinking every moment of the day what the devil is doing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like really when it comes down to mm-hmm. it. And that, as simple as it was at that time about swearing, caught my attention. And I feel like I was really in this new place, new ground, new territory of saying, oh, I really need to think this through. Mm-hmm. I really need to, in a good way, and it's saying like, uh, under under the umbrella of God's love and grace, what is, what really matters in this world? You know, what, what really matters? And now I, I struggle with that. I have a very strong self-critic in me. And I can move to judgment without even thinking twice about it. It, it like it's almost like a I have a bias to being um, on the judgment side instead of the curious side. Mm. And I feel like that's the thing. If we don't need to go to a, another side of legalism, but we have to remember if we have a tendency to be legalistic about things, we need to remember like what are we being curious about? Mm. Curiosity is not narrow thinking. You know, the fear is narrow thinking. Judgment is very narrow mm-hmm. thinking. Curious is allowing there to be space, allowing there to be room for the Holy Spirit and room for God to figure everything out. Yeah. You know, am I making sense? Or Very is this going so. too well? Okay. Yeah. No. All right. yeah. Very much so. It's like uh it's like legalism is our attempt for control mm-hmm. of situations, of our world, of our churches. Legalism helps control all of that. Uh versus love is a lack of control. Yep. Love is messy. Yeah. Love is mysterious. You cannot put it in a box. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, that's where like, yeah, we, we've been told we talk about grace too much and we don't talk All about sin enough yeah. um, and stuff like that. And it's like, man, like if I'm going to give somebody hope, I'm going to talk about Jesus. I'm not going to talk about how they're making horrible decisions. Yeah. Now there is place and time for where we talk about those things. Sure. Yeah. This is like a both and at times, but it is not legalism Mm -hmm. it cannot drive that ship Mm -hmm. um it has to be love in the in in any time jesus approached someone outside of uh the church outside of their their christian communities um it it was a way of him building trust with that person so that way he does have like again the the adulterous woman he fought for her in that moment Mm -hmm. he earned the right to afterwards say to her and all he said was Go and sin no more. Yeah, that's encouragement. We encourage each other when we fall, when we trip up. We we will pick that person up and then point them in the right direction. But we will not beat them up. Jesus didn't beat up that woman or the woman at the well. They, they talked very openly about the things she was involved in in Scripture, and Jesus was addressing it. And it can be hard to hear some of those things, but at the same time. Uh, Jesus even approaching her, if you understand it contextually, was an act of love for that woman. Mm-hmm. So she would be more open to this man who is loving me in this moment for him to end it with, go and sin no more. Well, so so it is would have talked both of those things. Nobody would even have had a conversation with her. Right. Yeah. Women were property. They weren't seen as human beings. And yeah. so the fact that even having a conversation and he took it that much further. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And so what legalism does in that moment is go to the woman at the well and just immediately harp on her. Berate. How, yeah. how terrible she is. Yep. She's not a part of our community anymore. Mm-hmm. That's legalism. And man, we, we can't we can't lean into that. Yeah. How about for you? Was there a situation or experience? Oh, very Sorry. much so. Uh had a few. In, in the it's hard and it's confusing to talk about at times. Um, you know, the church that Nate and I grew up in, grew up in together, uh, had a lot of ups and downs. I have great memories of that church and I have some, some tough ones. 
Um, there's still people at that church who mean so much to me. Your parents are, are some of them. They're all um, right. They're all right. <laughs> uh, but no, so like, so like, I'm going to be honest. I'm going to be very real and share a story from the, the church that we grew up in. Um, and, and but uh, it's, yeah. It was well, tough. it's your experience. Yeah. You have the right to share it. Yeah. You know? yeah. And, and also, sometimes we put ourselves uh, in some of those experiences, too, because we just make poor choices and we have consequences of them. And so mm-hmm. for me, I've shared many times that I have a child outside of wedlock. Um, and, and there were many ups and downs to how people at the church, um, that church responded. Um, some people uh, some friends of mine responded amazingly during that time. Some of the staff responded amazingly during that time, uh, but some didn't even later on. And so I was 21 when my son was born. Uh, and then I met uh, my now wife after that. And two years later, uh, we had our daughter uh, together, my, my wife and I. And just for anyone who doesn't know, to be clear, I did not marry my, my firstborn's uh, mother. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we were, yeah. Anyways, we were just dating and chose not to keep doing that. So anyways, so I, I'm a single dad, but now I'm married. Um, and I now have a second child with my now wife. Um, we didn't find out until a, a, a while later, but apparently and every church does it differently, but they, they, our church, uh, growing up would occasionally throw women, uh, baby showers. Mm-hmm. Um, so if any of our listeners are like, I didn't get a baby shower from Faith Church, that's because culturally we do not do that. <laughs> right. But culturally back then there was even uh, at that church culturally, there was a, a team that was like formed and put uh, baby showers together for people. Um, and we did not know. We, we kind of wondered like, huh, like w- w- I was heavily involved at that church and everything, even after getting married and all that stuff. Um, and, and they didn't throw my wife a, a baby shower. Um, mm. for her first child. And we were like, that's kind of weird, but you know, whatever things fall through the crack, we didn't make much of it. Uh, maybe a year later, um, someone who was on staff at that time, uh, their spouse was on the team that planned those baby showers. And uh, she reached out to Kate and apologized profusely to her. She said in a meeting about discussing whether a, Baby, a shower should be thrown for Kate and my daughter. Um, they said, well, Evan already has a child. Um, and I think that was dealt with, which uh, it's not like I got a baby shower for my first son, right? right. I didn't get that. Uh, but they actively chose not to throw Kate a baby shower because of my firstborn. Wow. Um, and that was a hard pill for us to swallow when the staff member's wife reached out and shared that. Now, they did it because they were a part of that decision and felt horrendous that that's where they landed. And so she was reaching out to Kate saying, hey, I want you to know mm-hmm. I, I need to ask for your forgiveness. And so that was like, my gosh, because of me, yeah. because of my decision when I was 21, like my wife didn't get a, a baby shower from her church community. Mm-hmm. Yeah, That is legalism. Mm-hmm. And it, oh, yeah, it makes me so yeah, mad. It's tough. It makes yeah. me so mad. Oh, yeah. 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 Um, yeah, and that's that's the hard part with it. There's this this still happening. Yep. And they're it's finding new ways to even go about it, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And every time we hear about it too, it's like a punch in the stomach. Yep. You know, it is. yeah. Yeah. I I love though 
when people share those stories of like how, how they were hurt by a church, I love the fact that they're at least willing to share it with us mm-hmm. with another church. Oh, absolutely. absolutely. I mean, what an honor it is to be at faith church when we have a, a, an influx of people right now who have been hurt by a church one way or another hurt by legalism. And man, we're just in a, a, a really special spot right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so grateful for anyone who has shared their stories of hurt around legalism um because we feel honored to sit with you in it because we've in our own different ways we've been there too um Mm -hmm. so it's very honoring to for people to be sharing these things Mm -hmm. for sure yeah Yeah. what do you think uh just since you brought it up what do you think is going to be um the outcome of this like pause or awareness or rediscovering if you will because you're kind of going through that you voiced that at the beginning what do you think is going to be like the result of this your community wide is that what yeah or just, just for you or, or like for me what, personally like, yeah or? what are you sensing seeing? um yeah so for me personally uh i was thinking through this of like i mean it's stuff for me as simple as kind of what i said before of like oh i can actually like say what i'm thinking and i know that sounds like so simple but for me that is something that has been held back for 30 some years of don't share your what you're actually thinking or um, always put other people first, which is a biblical concept, right? Like, you know, do to others, do to you, like that idea. But it was so ingrained in me through legalism to never look out for yourself, like ever. And so that's really the big part of what I'm still like deconstructing and trying to figure out like, oh my gosh, like so much of how I operate is because of having this legalistic uh just roots in me um so the idea of like oh i can actually like have self-care and that's allowed Mm -hmm. is just a novel idea um Mm -hmm. so for me personally as i've like been going through all of this i'm finding that i actually had this conversation with my dad um he heard one of my sermons where I kind of hinted at some of the legalism of my upbringing. And and again, my parents, I love my parents to death. The church that I was at growing up, like, yeah, there was legalistic tendencies. I still, there was still love there too. Like this isn't like an intentional, like I want to say that too, like people that have been uh, a part of a legalistic community or whatever it may be. It's not usually the intent to be like, Oh, we're gonna make these people's lives miserable. It is out of the idea of like, Hey, we're going to love, but we have to put rules in. Yeah. So anyway, um, but I was talking to my dad after one of my sermons and he, he kind of looked at me. He's like, did we actually do this to you? Like you would tell you and I, like that broke my heart because I knew yeah. that wasn't his intent um, in having me in some of the, the churches or even the school that I was at, like the repercussions of some of that that I was taught. Um, but in that conversation, I did tell him, too, I said, Dad, I'm getting to know a Jesus at 36 years old that I've never known. And he kind of looked at me like, what? And I was like, it's just so different when you take those rules and those expectations and my performance out of the equation. And I now read the Gospels, like seeing Jesus for who he was, like what Evan was talking about with the stories of the woman at the well and the adulterous woman, like he met people where they were. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's just incredible to me, like that the love that he has for people with where they are and that authenticity 
is what he actually wants. And the more that I can become myself and who he created me to be, the bigger impact I can have for him in the world. Um, that is all new concepts for me in the last year, probably. Yeah. Um, so I see that as I continue to deconstruct the legalism and reconstruct with who Jesus truly is, I have life in myself that I have not felt in a long time. And I can just see that continuing to grow mm -hmm. um, as I continue to see and live through love and grace as my forefront things instead of rules and regulations. Mm -hmm. uh, so I see that for the church too, as a, like, man, it, like, yeah, the church as a whole over the years has done damage to many people because of the legalism that we've put on things. Um, but when I have these conversations with people at Faith Church, we, we do have a lot of people that have come from these backgrounds, a church her or whatever it may be. Um, and they come here and they're like, wow, something here is different. Mm -hmm. um, and if we can like pick up the pieces of the legalistic culture and bring it, bring people back together and just lead with grace and love and vulnerability and authenticity, I can't even think of where that would stop. Like I just, I, the community and the, the impact that people can have in each other's lives because of that is just amazing to me. Like just, it's hard for me to even comprehend what that could look like. Um, yeah, it's truly like an unstoppable force. Yeah. Yeah. It's unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah. Cause that, that's something too, like I've talked to a couple other people as I've processed who Jesus is really like reading the gospels and stripping away like anything that I may have been taught along the way of trying to read into the details of things or whatever. Um, I'm I'm realizing just uh I totally lost my train of thought. It's gone. <laughs> wow. It's gone. Oh no, there it is. There it is. It's back. There it is. It's Lights back. Got brighter. Hey, welcome back. <laughs> All right. Back to you, listener. Uh no, uh so <laughs> no, I've been realizing uh just we talked about some with the Pharisees. Like they were the legalistic ones. Like they took the Ten Commandments and then made rules upon rules upon rules upon rules to protect the one thing that God said. You know, like and so he, uh, Jesus, like the one time, or it's a couple times in scripture, but where he gets angry or if he really loses his cool, it's with the religious people. Mm -hmm. It's not with the sinners. Yeah. And again, you read it and you're like, well, yeah, you see that. But when I talk to somebody who is still in a culture more about rules, they still fight me on that when I say it. I'd be like, no, no, like Jesus got angry with the religious leaders. And they're like, but yeah, but the sinners that, you know, like, or but this, per but and I'm like, whoa, no, no. Like that is truly, and correct me if I'm wrong, but yeah. that's what I see. Like yeah. Yeah. when you start into that legalistic, if that is your driving force, that's not who he is. And that's why Jesus gets so upset with them because it's a fake representation of him. Yeah. So. Yeah, I don't think scripture is always just so clear cut and dry and we have to work through some of the muddiness of that. Mm -hmm. um, there's there's uh, one of my favorite resources on legalism and trying to understand Jesus and the law uh, is called Irresistible by Andy Stanley. Mm -hmm. uh, just an incredible book uh, where he compares basically the New Testament and the Old Testament and how we can reconcile rules and love and uh man he's done one of the best jobs uh, i've seen at that so that's a book i would recommend yeah. uh, to our listeners another um, one i would say on the resource side a couple years ago i read a book by john mark comer the um ruthless what is it i can't think of the name of it now it's the ruthless uh end of hurry something like that do you remember 
Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't think of the word. I'm missing a big word in that title. I'm so sorry. But it has a red cover. <laughs> the Ruthless. It's something like The Ruthless Extermination of Hurry. Yeah, something, something like, like that. that but and it's it not comes, extermination. It comes from Dallas Willard, who was a philosopher. He was a, a professor at UCLA for several years. But he wrote several books um, that have really influenced the church in many, many, many good ways. And one of them was his definition of discipleship. And that's to do whatever it takes to eliminate hurry. That was his definition of discipleship. Talk about undoing some legalism there. The thing we need to focus on more than anything as a disciple of Jesus is not rules. It's actually whatever we need to do to stop from hurrying. Because think of we have everything at our fingertips. If we continue to be in a hurried state, we're not loving people whatsoever and including ourselves. And I think that's kind of like another test for legalism does it really come back to loving God and loving yourself? Mm-hmm. You know, like really, and loving others obviously is part of that, but you're not going to love others if you don't love yourself. Mm-hmm. And if you can't recognize what God is doing in you, you're not going to recognize that in the other either. And so I think when it comes down to legalism with resources, it's really starting at that place. Where are you? You know, are you in a hurried state 24 seven? Are you jumping to the one thing after another? Have you actually sat and worked through where you are as a person first that's where legalism starts to kind of keep us in this other spot where we don't focus on those things. We don't remember, we don't reflect, we don't, we're not curious anymore. And so um, there's a lot I feel like God's doing for the church right now to eradicate legalism. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Hurry has connotations that I have a list that I need to get done. And that list right there is legalism. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I, uh, I was reminded, Courtney, when you were talking about like self-care and all those things and how it's always been take up your cross daily. And mm-hmm. that is scriptural and it's good scripture, of course. Uh, but but we have to reconcile that with the fact that Jesus would push people away at times, too. Mm-hmm. He would get away yes. by himself for long stints to re- to recuperate, mm-hmm. um, to, to recharge, to be with his father like so, so yeah, there's also the other side of, um, no, self-care. Like, you, yeah. we will take up our cross, but we will also make sure that we're healthy to take up the cross the next <laughs> right. day, too. Um, so the, it's that balance. But sometimes we just beat people up with the take up your cross every mm-hmm. day. You got to hurry. Get this list done. And it's like, no, 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 no. Like, there, they, Scripture is mysterious. There isn't this... There isn't this control over everything. There aren't all these rules. It, people often call the Bible a manual for life. It's not or an answers. Manual. Yeah, there, answers for life. Yeah, yeah good yeah. luck with that. Right. Like you're, you're like, man, that's not what the scripture is. You need to look at it in a much larger perspective. It is a meta narrative of mm-hmm. the Creator who loves you. That's the Bible. Yeah, it yeah. is not a manual for how to live. There is guidance in the Bible, certainly. Mm-hmm. There is guidance, but to take it as just a manual, you miss what God actually has in store for you. It's so much larger. Absolutely. To bring it back, the title I looked it up just so in case people want to look it up, but it's the ruthless elimination of hurry. Oh yeah. How to stay emotionally healthy and spiritual alive in the chaos of the modern world. I rec- I highly recommend it. Uh, we read it at, in our life group. And it was amazing. People still are talking about that just because it's so different. There's it, there's a different posture to it. It's more about relationship and about love. And and that's what we need more of, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah. But thanks for the topic, Courtney. Yeah. Thanks for engaging that. I <laughs> appreciate it. So, um, yeah, one, as we, I guess, land the plane, um, we've talked a little bit about this in the podcast, but that Faith Church has a slightly different feel 
with this legalism. Mm-hmm. Um, but what do you guys think is the church's response, the whole church or even just faith church's response to this like culture of legalism? Like what, or maybe a better way to say it too is like, what are, what are we doing here that's different? Cause I have had conversations of people coming in and being like, Oh, like this church is different, but they can't always pin it right away. Mm-hmm. Um, but what, what do you think that is? Or what just kind of, as we discuss that, what is our response to legalism? Or when we come across somebody who has that background, what's your? It'd be kind of interesting, more Evan, because you've been here um, the longest. That's true. In this room, and so, yeah, like what what would you say from your perspective? I know you're a pastor on staff, so you're a little biased. <laughs> okay? A little biased here. Fancy bit. Yeah, just what have you observed? What do you think is the response, Faith Church? What what is that difference? Well, I want to be crystal clear on this one and say that Faith Church um, doesn't always get it right. I guarantee mm-hmm. you we have hurt people. Sure. Um, Absolutely. That we have hurt people even recently because we are not perfect. So mm-hmm. I certainly don't want us to, to come across on this podcast as if we figured it out because we, we're not even close to that. But I think the thing that we have figured out is we do not initially respond with judgment, with a plan of action for you. Like with, like, our our greatest love is just to love on you, to just look at you, to listen to you. Like that tends to be our staff and our volunteers and those who help steer this uh, this church. That tends to be the initial response. Mm-hmm. And I think that soft response to whatever baggage people come in here with gives us permission mm-hmm. to be a safer place for them. Mm-hmm. So it's not, I don't think it's like we have this magic potion here or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and again, it's taken years for us to get here. I've been on staff like nine and a half years, and it has not been perfect for nine and a half <laughs> years. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've had so many ups and downs, especially around legalism. But I just feel like God's done a work on our staff, on our different various leaders throughout our church, through all the people who are attending here right now. And he has been able to make this place a safe one where people are not initially responding with legalism as a whole. Like we we tend to respond with just love and compassion. That's our first step towards people. Mm I want to echo your echo. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) But no, like I definitely have sensed that too. And I feel like that's the part, that's the part where, I think it gives mission and purpose to people too. If there's a true safe place, like sa- safety is something that is rare. Mm-hmm. I mean, abs- an actual place where you can be yourself is rare. Mm-hmm. We don't have those types of environments or do we, we can, it's hard to even trust environments that's even promoting safety because you will have your guard up, you know? Yeah. So to actually provide somewhere like there was a student that I had been meeting with, um, uh, here, there, in um, uh, at different times throughout the year, that's at MSU, and it was after the shooting. Um, they came to Faith Church just to get a hug. Mm-hmm. You know, like that spoke yeah. to me mm-hmm. so much more than just what we would say or the plan of action. They just wanted connection. That's yeah. all. Yeah. Just to be human and to yeah. allow whatever needed to speak to be spoken. You know, but they at least trusted to be here. And wanted yeah. to be here for that connection. And I'm like, that's beautiful. And so, so um, 
yeah, that's what I feel like Faith Church has going for mm-hmm. it. And I agree with you, too. We will not all never get this right oh, completely. No. We're human. And that's the part of where it makes legalism hard, too, within the church. Because I also want to encourage people, the church is made of humans. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. not going to change. So there is no church that's going to be perfect. There's no church that's going to be completely safe. That's not going to happen. But what creates more of a supernatural um, gathering is the love. And if we recognize that we're not in control, God is, and love comes from the, our Father, <laughs> Heavenly mm-hmm. Father, and the Holy Spirit is creating this dynamic where people from all walks of life can gather and find safety, then praise God, because that's heaven on earth. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Love that. Well, thank you guys. Thanks for engaging this conversation with me, and hopefully you, the listener, were able to take something away from this Uh you know, whether you've had the background of legalism yourself or you've seen it or you're just trying to figure out how can I love people more uh, or maybe you're looking for a place that's safe. Uh, we'd love to talk to you more. Uh, you can, you know, check out our website. You can show up on a Sunday. We would love to chat with you. So I hope you have a great week. Go in grace and peace. Yeah.